0: You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of greenbiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. The first challenge of global warming has been getting the masses to accept the reality and the threat it poses. That was difficult enough, but seems to have been achieved. However, the second, much bigger challenge is getting people motivated to take action. A new report, Climate Crossroads, a research-based framing guide for global warming, aims to offer a first step toward a unified conversation on global warming. The study is a summary of what is known to date about the most effective communications approaches, what works and what won't work, to move the ball on global warming. GreenBiz.com executive editor Joel McHour recently spoke with Kara Pike, the lead author of the report, about how to get people to care about global warming. So, Kara, tell me first why there was a need to write this guide.
1: Well, Climate Crossroads was really intended to take a long picture, a big picture long-term view at public opinion and global warming. So rather than just looking at one study in time and what the public thinks, you know, on this given date, we looked at about five years of public opinion research and commissioned some original research to really try and get at where are the big cognitive blocks in the public's understanding of the challenge of global warming and how do they see their role in addressing it. So we, we felt there was a lot of great research that had been done about how opinion was changing, but we really wanted to, to get a better sense of where are the big barriers in understanding that we need to overcome to really engage the public in a way that supports policies but also promotes individual behavior change.
0: And we see the public we're talking about the US public?
1: Exactly, right. the American public.
0: So what's been the biggest problem to date in terms of getting public understanding and buy-in on on climate change, global warming, and we'll get to what we call it in, in a minute.
1: Well, there's actually quite a bit of good news, and I think that's probably the place to start. What we saw in particular in looking at about five years of data, is that the conversation about whether global warming is a real problem is in many ways done. Yes, there still are some voices in the public who are uh, denying that it's uh, a reality, but for the most part, uh, most people accept that it's a a real challenge that we need to deal with, and acceptance of that is, is very high, but now the challenge really is about a sense of urgency that is this something that we need to deal with now, or can we wait until we get a few other things in order? And then the other big challenge, and this is actually being picked up in other studies, not just ours, is that there's a low sense of efficacy. And what that really means is that the public isn't really sure uh, what the best solutions are and whether or not they really have a role to play. So the, the solvability uh, issue is, is quite key.
0: So speaking of that, uh, our listeners and audience are, are business people primarily and um, and I think one of the challenges that companies face is it stems from what you were just talking about which is that uh, you know companies are trying to figure out how to be part of the solution and 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 many and doing many uh, impressive and sometimes even bold and audacious things and one of the challenges they face is how do you message that to a public that isn't even sure it understands what the solutions are let alone how to think about companies um, that claim to be doing the right thing or at least better than they were doing before.
1: Well, I think the challenge is that uh, many of the work that's been done on messaging has leaped ahead and is in many ways at an expert level. And what we found is that even with um, segments of the public who are highly educated and very aware of global warming, there's a very uh, low understanding of what the problem really is. So what, what we found, even in talking to people who are members of environmental organizations or who identify themselves as environmentalists, is they often thought global warming had to do with the problem with ozone holes. Uh, the other thing that you find is that most people don't really have a sense of the connection between energy, the economy, and climate. And, and so most people wouldn't be able to tell you, for example, that their energy or a great majority of their energy might come from coal, for example. So a lot of the discussion, and in particular in the media, has leaped ahead into this somewhat elite conversation, but even those who are um, trying to follow that conversation uh, very actively are missing some fundamental information. So what we really found is that you have to go back and fill in some of those holes. So for example, green energy doesn't mean anything to anyone. Uh, alternative energy sounds too marginal Um, or even needing to make sure that people understand that in many ways we're dealing with a problem with too much carbon building up in the atmosphere that you have to go back and fill in some of these more what might seem to people working in clean energy or in business trying to tackle this problem some basic ground that they don't need to pay attention to.
0: So there's a huge education component here that that companies and others, of course, need to engage in.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I think another big issue for business is often the conversation around energy choices and global warming is very focused on cost. And while um, cost is obviously a huge factor and the public generally worry about rising gas costs and their personal energy costs, what we found is that there's a higher level concern about the economy and energy that really has to do more with the united states role in the world and whether or not we're really being innovative leaders whether or not we're really working towards a more secure world where we'll be less dependent on fossil fuels. So um well people do want to know where they can save money and how different solutions that businesses might be offering are much uh, better for the economy you also have to make sure that those messages are connected to uh, conversations and frames about those higher-level values regarding our place in the world.
0: I know your report doesn't necessarily evaluate company communications, but have you seen any good examples of what of companies that you think are doing it right or writer, I guess?
1: Well, you know, I think that there have been um, – some good examples when people can really connect uh, some of the individual level choices people are making to the solutions that they offer, I think the one of the key things is really making sure that uh, in the consumer choices area people have a sense of how their choices are making a big difference and so I actually can't think of any sort of outstanding example of uh, you know stellar uh, models, but I have seen where a lot of the communications is quite fuzzy around how um, the options or the alternatives being offered to the consumer are really going to add up and make the kind of difference that individuals are hoping to see.
0: You know, my sense is that uh, if this is like other environmental issues that I've been watching over the past two decades, that consumers are saying, yep, I'm concerned, um, but I really don't want to, I, I, I just, I'm concerned, but I want the, the, the problem to be solved for me, that I want uh, change, but I don't want to have to change myself. So in other words, they, they, they love the noun change, but they don't really like the verb. Um, and so I think, I'm curious, how do you, is that what you saw with climate where people are concerned, but they don't necessarily want to make personal changes or see that their personal changes make much of a difference? And if so, how do you how do you get around that?
1: I think a growing number of Americans really do want to uh, engage and uh, do things that will make a difference. I think that it's very confusing what really will make that difference. And in particular, given how busy people are, how pressed they feel financially, they really want to know if I only have time to do a handful of things, what are the things that are really going to have the biggest Um, Payback and and biggest impact on solving the problem. I think there's been a bit of a scale issue around solutions where uh, many of the things that the public are being asked to do don't seem to match the scale of the challenge. So, you know, how can you really solve a global complex issue by changing light bulbs? Uh, So once again, back to those uh, feedback mechanisms and really ensuring that we're connecting those individual choices up to the kind of Uh, systemic and larger-scale change people are interested in, the better.
0: Well, it also strikes me that even when companies do this well, that a lot of this can be done simply by a few skeptics casting doubt, and that feeds into people's instincts um, that they're being sold a bill of goods, that, oh, this isn't really going to do anything. It's just a way to sell more light bulbs.
1: Well, in some of the... Most market mechanisms and consumer options are very confusing,
0: uh,
1: and they are hard to understand. So I think some of the skepticism is there for good reasons. For example, we found that most of the public really uh, are skeptical about the idea of cap-and-trade. It sounds confusing. They would like to see something a little bit more straightforward where there's a clear limit on pollution being emitted that's creating global warming, They want to know who's responsible for dealing with it, who's going to pay for it. And I think around who's going to pay for it, they're, of course, extremely concerned that they're going to be footed with the bill. But at the same time, um, when questions are asked around some of the details of a cap-and-trade system and where revenue generated might go, uh, what we found is that most Americans – don't want that return to consumers. They want it going into investments in a new energy infrastructure, a cleaner, safer, more reliable energy infrastructure. So, you know, it, it gets a little tricky where I think that increasingly people really do want to get engaged, but we have to make it a little bit uh, more clear as to where the best place is for them to plug in and what those actions result in.
0: Do you have any sense of how Americans are different in their attitudes and their uh, climate communication needs than than those in those in other countries
1: well i don't know um, from a solid research sense i haven't looked at research um, I've looked at some research but not to a great extent, but more just from my own opinion and instincts. I think that some of the um, Desire to see America's place restored in the world to regain that sense of innovation, the sense that we can really push and come up with the technologies to solve these problems and that will uh, bring more security to the world as we reduce our our energy that some of that is a very uh, American way of of seeing a challenge like this. There have been plenty of experiences in American history that would lead the public to think that we can innovate um, as a way to address this issue. And in doing so, it will um, give us a competitive uh, advantage in the global marketplace. And so, you know, I don't know that other countries um, see it quite in that same way. You know, I've been talking to some uh, leaders in British Columbia who have worked on the energy policy, and um, they're not necessarily interested in being the first. They wouldn't mind if, if um, other countries – really did some of the innovation, and they could see how uh, new technologies work in reality before adopting it across the board. So, you know, I I do think that that sense of let's solve this problem um, through that incredible American ingenuity and innovation is somewhat unique uh, to the U.S. experience.
0: So if you had the ear of a... a some thousands of um, business people, which you actually, in fact, do right now. And what what would be a couple of takeaways that you'd want them to remember when it comes to messaging and communicating about climate?
1: Well, you know, just to go over some of of what we've said, I think really making sure that we don't assume that the audiences are – necessarily with us in terms of their understanding of the issue. And and that's true of all different types of audiences, even those highly educated and engaged. So to to make sure we're not coming at it from that expert level. And to make the role for the individual in the change, so for example, for a company, whatever service or product you're offering, really making the case on how this will make a difference, and not just in a feel-good way, but actually in terms of, uh, the larger change that um, will result if, if a person decides to choose uh, your offering. So I think really being clear um, and and not promising too much. You know, I think people do have a healthy amount of skepticism, and I think it's okay to be talking about uh, products or, or uh, services in terms of, you know, we're trying. These are our efforts that we're trying to see if we can make a difference versus having to be the end-all, be-all and have all of the solutions. So really I think creating a, an opportunity for your customers and audiences to be part of the solutions and thinking that through and working that through with you.
0: And finally, the question we talked about at the top, climate change or global warming, what do you call it and why?
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot we could talk about in terms of uh, different words that work and and don't work around a number of energy options. But global warming is what uh, we're recommending at this point. It has challenges. It it is not a perfect term for a number of reasons. Scientifically, it's not as accurate, for example. But it is the term that's most familiar um, with the public. What I think really needs to be done, though, is that needs to be – explain more, that we need to connect what it means for the climate to change back to people's lives and make sure we're also connecting it back to the fact that much of what we need to deal with are uh, carbon energy sources that need to be reduced. So um, global warming has a, a level of popular understanding that's to, adva- it's, to its advantage, but ultimately we need to help fill in what we're actually talking about so people don't think it's just a 2 to 4 degree change in temperature that means we need to get better air conditioners.
0: Interesting. Well, Kara, uh, there's a lot more to talk about here, but we'll, we'll provide a link to the report. And thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Joel. You've
0: been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit GreenBiz.com.